0: God is amazing, he's awesome, and I love to just say praise him because uh, the psalmist said when we praise the Lord that the earth will yield its increase. There's something that happens when we put and release praise in the atmosphere. The Bible refers to praise sometimes as the sacrifice of praise. And why is it the sacrifice of praise? Because sometimes you got to do it when you don't feel it. Sometimes you're not feeling it, but if we constantly move by feeling, we'll never move by faith. And so we want to just believe God for amazing things in our life. Really quickly, um, at 2 o'clock this afternoon, um, there is an amazing event going on at Sanctuary um, on 8th. It's actually at the theater on San Pablo, um, San Marco, rather. It's called The Summer in the Sanctuary. They're doing a a performance over there. So if you want more information on that, you can see me after service or see uh, Crystal after service, and we can tell you a little bit more about that. We are in the last part of vintage faith. How many of you have enjoyed this series so far? I'm excited to preach today and I just believe the the Bible tells us that we enter his his gates with thanksgiving and we enter his courts with praise and that we should be thankful unto him and bless his name and the psalmist also talks about our feet standing within the gates so there's an expectation when we have faith there's an expectation that when we approach the presence of God that God is going to do something in our lives and so we've been trying to build now for these four weeks and now this last fifth week of this series really build the God kind of faith you know up until uh many uh this point many of us have probably heard faith only from one side that it's all about what we can get from God but how how many of you know sometimes God wants to get something from us Sometimes he wants to do something not only for us and in us, but he wants to do something through us. Uh, We have to believe that God has good things in store for us. We have to believe that God has uh, a God kind of life that he wants us to live. If we don't believe that, we'll continue to go through our lives as as if it's just boredom and routine every day. But how many of you know if you really don't get too familiar with God, you'll never get bored with him? He his, his ways are past our ways. The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we have to sometimes get out of ourselves so we can really hear and receive what God is doing for us. But I want to talk to you uh, today about uh, faith for abundant living. Faith for abundant living. And as we talk through this message, um, I want you to understand something very important. Uh, the Bible refers to the word of God many times two ways. It refers to it as milk and and meat. And the reality is is that we can't survive on milk our entire life. Sometimes we've got to have some meat so we can grow. And so this message today is more of a meat-type message. Um, So we want to just receive it, and we want to just really ask God to direct our hearts and incline our ears towards him so we can really hear uh, what he's saying. In John chapter 10, uh, verse 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal to kill and to destroy, but I came that they may have life and that they have it more abundantly. I like the way that the Amplified Bible says it. It says the thief comes only in order to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. God does not want to just give you for you your forum no more. God wants to bless you With the kind of life that overflows, that you have so much joy, so much peace, so much expectation that you can't even contain it all. That when God does something in you, that it overflows into the lives of those around you. God wants to put something in you that is contagious, that you can't get around people and they don't feel something different, sense something different about you. No matter whether you go to the grocery store, you go on your job, in your family, home, loved ones, God wants to put something inside of you and give you the kind of life that makes him attractive to others. Come on. See, sometimes we, we, the problem is, is people look at our lives. Let's just be real. They look at our lives, and because they see our lives, they, have no, they want nothing to do with God. But the reality is, is that he never designed us that way. He designed us, and the Bible says, let our light shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify us. No, not us. Glorify him. So God wants to do something through you that gets people's attention for him. You know, he'll bless you in the process, but we've got to stop stop, uh, living in this mindset that everything is about us. But God wants to do something in us that affects the world around us. The New Living Translation translates that same verse this way. The The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose... Is to give them a rich and satisfying life. What's the principle? One, you can't have a rich and satisfying life outside of Jesus. You can't. Uh, you can try doing it uh, your way. You can try finding that satisfaction and that fulfillment in others, but you'll never really find true fulfillment outside of Jesus. The problem is is that many of us, we step into the presence of God, but we're till, still content to do things our way and not His. And so when that happens, we end up frustrated. Because we're in the presence, but we can't have purpose. You can be so close. Have you ever been so close to something that you couldn't touch what you wanted? Many of us are content to window shop with our Christian life. We walk by and we can see. We know God has it for us, but we can't lay hold on it because we're content to live and do it our own way. But God's desire, his purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. So what do you need to know? One, the enemy shows up to decrease you. The, the, the enemy, understand this, when the enemy shows up in your life, let's call him who he is. When Satan shows up in your life, he is not showing up to add to you. How many of you experience loss? Let's be real in here. It's so quiet in here. But the reality is, is, is. is We, when we experience loss, sometimes we got to stop blaming that stuff on God. God, sometimes God didn't have anything to do with what you lost, but it was the lies and the deception of the enemy that made you believe, come on, that you were supposed to decrease, but God is not a God of decrease. He's never been a God of decrease since Genesis. He's always been a God of increase and he's present in your life to increase you in every area. And the problem that we have as believers is we have been beat up so much. I know some, have you ever been through something or is it just me? You can go through so much that you believe that what you are in is the way it's supposed to be. But I come to remind you and correct the lie of the enemy that God is present in your life to increase you. What is the principle? If God didn't send, this isn't in your notes. If God didn't send it, don't seek it. If God didn't send them, (laughs) everybody in your life wasn't sent by God. I'm getting ahead of myself now. There's some people that were sent in your life by the enemy. And you got to have discernment to know the difference because anything sent in your life by the enemy is going to take, take, take. But when God sends something in your life, it is to increase you, it is to grow you, tell your neighbor, grow up. We got to stop being babies. It's time to grow up. When you come in the house of God, when you come into the church, God does not want you, if you you come in two years old, he don't want you leaving two years old in the spirit. We've got to eat so we can grow. We must learn, this is going to be a hard one for some of us, we've got to learn to subtract those who are not adding to our lives. You ever have somebody and and they come in your life and literally all they do is absorb and take? There's some people, they're professional parasites. You know what a parasite is, right? Different message. But they're good at taking, but they don't ever add anything to you. You have to get around somebody, look, at some point you have to ask yourself, why am I always doing all the encouraging? It's not always about material things. Why am I always doing all the encouraging? Eventually, at some point, you ought to say something that lifts my spirits. So if you see people who are constantly, constantly, constantly pulling and they don't ever put in, it's time to subtract because they're not adding. If you continue to add people to your life that are subtraction, tell somebody you got wrong addition. Hashtag wrong edition. For y'all millennials, let's look at this verse, Ephesians four one through three. I love the way the message paraphrase translates it. In light of all this, this is why we got to do what I just told you. Here's what I want you to do while I'm locked up here, prisoner of the master. This is Paul talking. I want you to get out, get out there and walk. Better yet, run. Run where? on the road that God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want any of you strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. I could stop and preach right there. A mark, and mark that you do this with humility and discipline. Not in fits and starts. In other words, don't be inconsistent. But steadily pouring yourselves out For each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences, and quick at mending fences. Walking in faith requires two things. It requires consistency and humility. And and our problem is, many of us, it's not that we're insincere, it's that we're inconsistent. So we we won't continue to do the right things and do what God calls us to do long enough to see him bless us. And we get frustrated because God is not moving on our clock. God, you were supposed to show up yesterday, and you're not here yet, so I'm going to just turn around and begin to do things my way. Not knowing that if you would have just took two more steps of consistency, you would have took hold of everything that God had for you. But some of us, you're too close to your promise to turn around. Don't give up. You're too close. When you travel, make sure that you're traveling on a road that is going somewhere that God wants you to go. See, some of us have faith, but we don't have faith in God. We have faith in our own direction. God, I'm with you, and I'll I'll join hands with you and link up as long as we're going the way I want to go. But God never shows up to just agree with what you're doing. You won't find in the scripture, every time God shows up in power and shows up in presence in your life, he's going to show up and change the direction you're going. He's going to change the way that, that you're used to doing things. I'll give you a perfect example. He steps on a boat with his disciples who are fishermen. And they've been fishing all day, didn't catch anything. He steps on the boat. He says, you know what? Go out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And they let it down, and they take in so many fish. And then he tells them, leave your nets and follow me. What does he say? He said, if I want to bless what you're doing, I can do it. I just have to show you that I can bless that so you'll follow me and do what I want you to do. See, some of you missed that. If God wants to bless what, your way, he can bless it, but you still have to be sensitive enough to listen to his voice. Some of us are listening to the voice of our stuff, and that's why we can't release anything. But God will never give you anything. Are y'all in here, or is it just me? Okay, God will never give you anything that you can't release. When you travel, make sure you're traveling on a road that's going somewhere God wants you to go. Some of us are running hard, but we're running hard nowhere. But God wants to wake us up today. God wants to say, you know what, it's time for you to start running, but I want you to run the direction I have for you. And I want you to run it with faith and confidence because I'm with you. And see, what we do sometimes is we run, and God is saying, I never wanted you to go that way. And so he's patient and he's kind. He lets you run. And you know what you start asking? Where's God? Where's God? And he's saying to you, I was right where I've been the whole time. I'm waiting for you to come on back and go the direction I want you to go. Ephesians 5.5 says this. You can be sure that using people or religion or things just to get what you can get out of them, the usual variations of idolatry will get you nowhere. When we... Worship our own ideas. When we worship our stuff. See, idolatry doesn't always look like having some silly statue somewhere. Idolatry will keep you walking from, from walking in faith. Idolatry is when we worship our own ideas more than we worship God. Anything that we put in front of God and more important, that's more important than what he wants for us is idolatry. And he can't bless us in that condition. Tell somebody, let it go. There's some things that you have to let go, and you're not even letting, some of these things, you're not even letting go permanently. He said, I just want to make sure I'm first. He said, all other religions are simply ways that people try to use to get what they want. This is hard to hear. How many of you have some desires in your life? Be real. Some things you want, some things you believe in God to do. It's okay to have those things, but they can't ever take the place of God's purpose for your life. It's not faith that you're used to hearing, right? You know what the faith we're used to hearing is? Just tell me, tell me how to get what I want. But if you get connected to God, he'll make sure that you have more than you could have ever imagined. How many of you, his plan is actually better than yours. And better than mine. And if we'll just sometimes say, Lord, these two hard words, Lord, I surrender. I quit doing it my way. And you know what? If you really love God, you're going to quit doing it your way one way or the other. You're going to do it voluntarily. I've seen God do this. He, you, sometimes you, you love God, but you're worshiping someone you want to be connected to. and He'll move them because you won't let them go. Relationship goals was last month, was it? God has a good plan. Say, God has a plan for me. Say it's a good plan. Say it with confidence. Say it's a good plan. Somebody's saying, that's not scripture. Jeremiah 29 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not calamity. Stop blaming God. He didn't do it. But watch this. To give you a future and a hope. Stop telling yourself it's not going to get any better. Because faith says, God, God says, I got a future and a hope for you. But watch this. Then you'll call on me and come and pray to me and I'll listen to you. You'll seek me when you find me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. God's plan for our life, it centers around a future and a hope. But watch this. Wholeness will never be the fruit of half-hearted living. See, we want all of God but go half in. It's easy to say and declare, God, I'm all in with you until he asks something of you. But when he asks something of you, that's a critical decision point for you as a believer. Because if you submit to him and surrender to him and, and surrender to him what he asked for, you'll go farther than you could have imagined. If you hold on to it, you can only go as far as what you're holding on will take you. Some of y'all missed that already. If I go with God, I can go as far as he'll take me. If I go with man, I can only go as far as man can go. God's strength is not limited. His resources are not limited. His healing and his freedom is not limited. So if I go with him, I have everything I need. But if I go with me, when I run out, it runs out. I don't believe God has a good plan for me. Psalm 8411 says this, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He gives grace and glory no Good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Oh, Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man that trusts in you? So my blessing comes from trusting God. I can't trust God without believing what he says, faith. See, we made faith a whole lot of things that it's not. Faith is when I take God at his word and I move on what he said. See, some of us get frustrated in our faith walk because we're moving on our own desires. This is meat. I told you meat this morning. And so our faith is immature because we only believe God for what we're believing him for. But you can't believe him for something he didn't promise you. Mature faith. Watch this. I'll show you how. I'm going to Brother John's house and say, John, I'm believing God for your car. Not one like yours. I'm believing one. I'm believing for yours. And I'm going to lay hands on it and claim it. And Brother John's looking at me crazy. He said, "I didn't promise you that." But that's that's as far as immature faith goes. But mature faith realizes that if I just go into the Word of God, if I go and see that He's got so many promises for me, I can just start memorizing those promises. And when my body feels like it's getting a little or a lot sick, I can go and find where He says He was wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquities. Chastisement of my peace was upon Him by His stripes. I'm healed. It's a promise. In the word, I can go to Psalm 23, that that psalm that we can quote, but we don't believe. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Is my shepherd. Psalm 23 was written at the end of David's life, which means that it was written from the perspective of experience. And so at the end of his life, he says, I can look back and say, the Lord has been my shepherd. And I don't lack anything. Faith believes that the good that God has in store for me is for me. See, have you, you ever uh, met somebody that they can believe God for you, but they can't believe him for themselves? We've all been there because it's easier, it's e- whether, it, whether it feels like It's not, it's easier to fight for somebody else. But when, but sometimes it's hard because of our mistakes and the path that our life has gone and sometimes our own mindsets. It's difficult for us to believe that God actually has good for me. But let me tell you something, with all of our flaws and all of our being jacked up, God has good things for us. And so you got to get over you. Say, I'm getting over me. I'll preach this to you. Believe it today. Because the enemy wants you to believe that, that you should just come in. And this is how deceptive he is. He wants you to believe that you should come in God's house dry and in a drought and leave the same way. But the word of God says that out of your belly shall flow rivers of not dead water, living water. That means that you come in and you receive from God and you should, say, you should speak life over yourself every day. Psalmist did it. He said, I shall not die, but I shall live and declare the works of the Lord. You know, that, that means that everything around him was saying one thing and he was talking back to his circumstances. Somebody says, it's weird for me to talk into the air. Sometimes you got to look at that thing that's facing you and say, you know what, sickness, you got to go. You, low self esteem, you got to go. Lack of confidence and lack of faith, you got to go. You can't stay in this house. You can't stay in this room. You can't ride in this car because I'm a child of God walking by faith. I'm so upset with the enemy this morning you know, because, because he, he, he knows he's defeated, so he gets in our ears and he lies to us over and over and over again until you start quoting the lie to yourself. You know he says, you're not going to make it. And you know what you say, yeah, I'm never going to make it. I mean, you know, there's a difference between facts and truth. That's revelation for some of us. There's actually a difference between facts and truth. You go in a doctor's room, and they'll say this, right? They'll pull out their little folder or whatever, and they'll say, this is what it is. And this is how it's going to be, facts. And you you know what you need to do? You pull out a little pocket. You pull out your book. (laughs) Come on, faith. You pull out your book and say, you know what? Every time Jesus walked down the streets and someone cried out, have mercy on me, he, he turned around and got his attention, and he killed him. Even when he told him, you know what, even if it's not good for me to give the crumbs to the little dogs, there was a woman who said, you know what, even the dogs eat with drops from the master's table. So whatever I got to do to get my healing and my freedom, I'm not going to be too frightful to get it. If I got to eat, problem is we have a hard time receiving because we will not humble ourselves. It's easier, How many, it's actually easier to believe a lie than it is to believe the truth. How many of you could look in the mirror honestly, I don't want you to ask me, but look in the mirror honestly and say, I believe that what God says about me is actually true. You know why you can say that? Because his plan is not dependent on you. What I mean by that is God, it's not like any issue that you or I have right now took him by surprise. Any weakness, any flaw, none of them took him by surprise. So that means that the Bible is true and it says that he's able to work all things together for the good of those who love him. So if I love him, he's like a master weaver. I can, I can weave your own foolish choices together for my glory. Psalm 66, 8 says this, and this is where I think many of us find ourselves in this walk of faith, to be honest with you. It says, let the whole world bless our God. And loudly sing his praises. Our lives are in his hands. He keeps our feet from stumbling. You've tested us. Oh God. You purified us. You captured us. You net and laid the burden of slavery on our backs. But this is what I like. Then you, then you put a leader over us. And we went through the fire and through the flood. Tell somebody I came through it. But this is the part I like. But you brought us to a place of abundance. To get to a place of abundance, sometimes you just got to go through. There's no substitute. You can't go around. You can't can't escape it. Sometimes you got to go through that fire and through that flood. But the good news is is you're coming out. You're coming out of what feels like it's going to kill you, drown you, burn you. You're coming out if you just walk by faith. So the walk of faith involves this. It involves testing. It involves purification and freedom, submission and abundance. But here, watch this. God won't release abundance to the unsubmitted. Some of us have submission issues. Because nobody can tell us what to do. Or how to do it. But if we just say, you know what? God, I know you're placing people in my life to to grow my faith and to grow me and to help me and not to to beat me down or beat me up, but to just guide me along the way. You know what happens if you say, God, you know what? I submit and I surrender to your plan for my life. Then something activates in the spirit and he can move on your behalf. Be honest. You wouldn't, (laughs) I'm not crazy. You wouldn't be here if there wasn't something you wanted from God. How many of you want something from God? How many of you have a prayer list right now, petitions that you believe in God for and trusting him for? That's not selfish. That's a reality. He says, delight yourself in him, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So we have petitions, but we got to do it his way. Praise the Lord, Psalm 112. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commands. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. God desires to bless us generationally. That's why obedience is so important, because it stretches beyond me to my seed. Is it, read your Bible, you'll find that God always is thinking beyond you. So you're not designed to, to, to be just a container, but a conduit. You know what that is? That means that something can flow through you. So what I'm giving you is never really just for you. Y'all catching this? What I'm giving you, it's never, ever just for you. And that's a beautiful thing because if if it's blessing you, imagine what it's going to do to people around you. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him, there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of some good things. Of any good thing. What's the key? Is seeking him. True satisfaction comes from seeking God. The whole, um, I want to show you this. I want to show you this because there's two contrasts in this walk of faith. And I want to show it to you, I believe, from the book of of Exodus. I'll read it, Exodus 16, 2 through 4. And just bear with me. I'm not going to preach this whole scripture, but I want to show you a principle. It says, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses And Aaron in the wilderness and the sons of Israel said to them, would that we had died at the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt. So now they're facing some struggles and they rather die in the land of bondage than receive their promise. You ever been beat up that bad? You're just like, Lord, just end it here. You've been beat up so bad that you lost the will to pursue what he has for you anymore. And so this is where they find themselves. And it says we but but the other thing is struggles and trials will make you misremember the past. It'll make you believe that those people were actually better than they were. Make you believe that their relationship was better than it actually was. You know, you get get away from them long enough. You know what? They weren't so bad. Yes, they were. (laughs) Don't let loneliness confuse you. You know, there's a story told. This is why it's important not to turn around when God is moving you forward. There's a story told of a squirrel who was uh, uh, crossing a railroad track and The squirrel got to the end of the track. And as he got to the end of the track, the train was running behind him and cut off a small piece of the tail. And the squirrel immediately turned around to look. And the rest of the train cut off his head. What's the principle? Nature always teaches us something. Don't lose your head for a piece of tail. Say, say, don't look back. Don't look back. It's okay to laugh in in church, you know, because there's always always lessons in nature. (laughs) Y'all still saved in here? All right. When we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord says to Moses, behold, I will rain uh, manna or rain rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk according to my instruction. I'm not going to read all of this. I want to give you a principle about walking in the promises of God. Our walk begins with uncertainty, but it continues with productivity and fruitfulness. What do you mean? The children of Israel, when they first started walking with God, they had to go out every day, And trust that what he said was going to be there was going to be there. Uncertainty. See, you think of that as confidence. It really is uncertainty because they got to go to sleep and then trust that when they go out, it's just going to be there like he said it was. Right? You following me? When we start living by faith, we live by what's done for us. But it changes when we enter our promise. And this is what I want you to understand. When you enter promise, things change a little bit. How? Look at this. On the day that after the Passover, on that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land. Unleavened cakes and parched grain, the manna ceased on that day. And they had eaten some of the produce of the land so that the sons of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate some of the yield of the land of Canaan during that year. Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. This is a lot of scripture. I want to make the point. I'll make the point. Promised land is this. When you get in the promised land, you're no longer living off of the manna that comes every day. You're living off of the produce of the land in the land of promise. Now, if you, if you, if you miss this, then you, you, you missed it completely. You can't live off produce where no seed has been planted. See, they didn't have to plant anything. When the manna came, it just came but when you enter your promise, you're entering a different season of your life. You're entering a season where you now live, watch this, and you move forward, not based on what is rained down on you, but what comes from you and goes in the ground. And all of God's people said, amen. <laughs> let's move. Let's move. Joshua 5, 11 um, says this, where I left off anyway, um, The promised land, go back to the promised land, where it starts with the promised land. The promised land in our lives operates by the law of harvest. Anytime you say this, people think you're talking about money. This is not a money thing. It's a principle thing. When we live in the land of promise, we live on the law of harvest. In other words, there's action and reaction. I do what God wants me to do. And He does something on my behalf. We move from that land of it's provided for me to that land of responsibility. In other words, we grow up. When it comes to faith, we begin, like I said, with what's provided, but we thrive on what's planted. Provided is uncertainty. Planted is certainty. How do you know that? If I stick a mustard seed in the ground, I don't have to guess about what's coming up. This is powerful. If I need encouragement, I need to plant encouragement. Are y'all following me with this? Because sometimes I, here's what I honestly feel, and I know this is that when we talk about what God is going to do for us, we can celebrate. But understand that He's going to do so, He does so much more for us when we move into this promised land of I, you know what, I just I need somebody to lift me up. Who have you lifted? I need somebody to support me. Who have you supported? See, it's the the principle of the law of harvest. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and the day and night shall not cease. So abundance in every area of our lives is determined by the eternal principle of sowing and reaping. And guess what? We have to be consistent. It can't be based on conditions. Obedience to God in any area can never be based on the conditions. How I many you know God wants, to, God will do something that's totally opposite of what your conditions are right now? Why? Because he doesn't want you to get the glory. He wants to get the glory. You know what? You can plant something. You can water. You can cultivate it. But the one thing you can't do is make that thing harvest and grow. So you got to do everything that he says. But after that, he says, you know what? I'll step in and I'll put super on your natural. supernatural." Not unnatural, supernatural. You don't miss that. So what God does, he steps in as we're obedient. He steps in and says, I'll breathe on it now. They were obedient. So your obedience, I'll breathe life into the blessing over your life if you just do what I told you to do. He who watches the wind will not sow, and he who watches the clouds will not reap. So your seed in the morning, do not be idle in the evening, for you don't know whether morning and evening sowing will succeed or whether both of them alike will be good. Here's the principle. Never allow circumstances to direct you away from where faith has brought you. How many know your faith has taken you somewhere? God designed your faith to move you. But don't allow what you're looking at to move you away from what he promised you. And the question, the hard question we have to ask is, what is it that stole my promise What is it that stole what I was believing God for? Here's what the psalmist says. He says, he who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seeds, shall indeed come again with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. What does that mean? Sometimes I've got to do what what God tells me to do with tears in my eyes. But if I do what God says, I'm not coming back with tears in my eyes. Did anybody catch that? So that means that... It doesn't matter what my condition is when He has me in a season of planting as long as I'm obedient because I'm not going, I'm not coming out the way that I came in. You can't do it. You'll never obey God and stay in the same condition, it's impossible. He's a God of promise. He's a God who keeps his word. And I don't care what the enemy has told you, what lie the enemy has told you. Sometimes if he's lying to you about sickness, if he's lying to you about peace, if he's lying to you about anxiety, get a hold of the word of God and start speaking the word of God over your situation. How long do I speak it? I've got to speak it till I believe it. Sometimes you say, well, I don't believe it. And I tell you, keep on talking. I don't believe I'm healed. Keep on talking. I don't believe I have peace. Keep on talking until you believe it. Because it's not your word, it's his. Faith provides us with a foolproof plan for abundant living in every area. I want to encourage you with this verse. Let us not lose heart. Do something for me. Stand to your feet if you you can. Read this to you, but I want you to close your eyes if nobody's gonna do anything to you. But just close your eyes. I want I want you to hear this. Many of us are battling. We're battling emotionally, we're battling physically, and our battle has caused us to believe that God will not do what he promised. But the verse that I read to you at the beginning, we're not going to go there, but the verse that I read to you at the beginning, God, the enemy comes for purpose, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The enemy comes to steal from your life. But if, if you didn't get anything today, I came to remind you that God wants to add to your life. God's promise for your life is abundance. His promise for your life is a full supply of everything you need emotionally, physically, tangibly, relationally. is for you. But here's what you need to be encouraged with. Let us not lose heart. Let me tell you something. As you listen to me, you'll go through some things that make you lose heart, make you lose your courage, your joy, your strength. And the more you look at your circumstances, the easier it is to give up. It's that simple. Because what the enemy does is that the longer you're going through something, he's just, you know, the, 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 the dimmer that hope seems and feels. But he says, let us not lose heart in doing good. Why? Due time, we will reap if we don't grow weary. So, what's the, the news? The news for you. And what I'm going through, what I'm dealing with. Listen to this. I mean, listen to this. This is going to sound real deep, but listen to it. Due season and due time always comes. Always. So for those of you who are here and and you just need to be encouraged today that that I've been planting in whatever area of your life, I've been planting, I've been planting, I've been planting. And I don't feel like I've seen it yet. I don't see, I haven't seen the product, the product of it or the fruit of it yet. Due season always comes. If you're here and you've never trusted Jesus as your savior, it's not that hard. He died for your sins. He rose. Some people say that, that, you got to jump through 25 hoops to get to know Jesus and do 28 cartwheels. And no, it's not. you don't have to go through all that. You have to believe that he died for your sins and that he rose three days later with all power in his hand. That he paid the penalty for every wrong that you've done. You're here. I'm not going to call you up and embarrass you. Nobody's looking around. If you're here and you've either never trusted Jesus as your savior or you need to just begin that walk back home. You trust him at some point. But. You fell off along the way, and you need to recommit to him. If that's you, just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Nobody's going to embarrass you or bring you up. Man, man, see you. See you. Second group of people that I want to pray for is you've been battling a long time. You're battling right now. You're in a war right now. You made it because you have purpose. You're here because you have purpose. If you're here and you're in a battle of any kind, your strongly mental battles today. If you're in a battle of any kind, be bold. Nobody's looking around. Raise your hand up high so I can see you. Keep it up. I just want to know who, who I'm praying for. Amen. Keep them up. Alright, you can put them down. If you raise your hand for any of those things, just extend your hand upward and, and just as an act of surrender and receiving what God has for you. That's it. That's all. That's all I'm asking you to do. Now, Father, we declare the word of God over these people. Many going through mental battles, emotional battles. And it's hard They begin to think about things and it makes them cry. Begin to look at their circumstances and just want an escape. Lord, remind them that you're present. And remind them that your silence is not symbolic of your absence. Remind them that sometimes the sweetest thing is for two people to be in a room and nobody has to talk rain your presence down upon your people give them what they need today I speak physical healing over those who are struggling with sickness I speak it over them right now spirit of infirmity, sickness and disease and command you to go, command your body to regulate and align with the divine design that you have for it. In the name of Jesus, I command every count to become normal. Amaze doctors. Make them shake their heads not knowing what happened. As you give people divine reversals in their physical bodies. And now those who are dealing with mental battles, I speak peace. I speak confidence where there's anxiety, joy where there's worry. Confidence where they've lost it. And remind those who fell down that all they have to do is just get back up. They fall down again, you get back up. I speak the ability of God into these people that they're able to do everything that you ask them to do. Lord, if there's areas that we've been rebellious and disobedient, cause us to be obedient to you. We'll never have what we want if we continue to do it our way. So Lord we surrender everything to you all that we are, all that we have is yours and now I declare the victory in this place, victory in our minds, victory in our bodies, victory in our hearts, in Jesus strong name we pray amen, let's celebrate Jesus in here today come on and give him a praise, a loud praise in here today find somebody and tell him I'm going somewhere I'm going somewhere with God amazing day um if you if you need individual prayer you need one of our prayer team to just pray with you one-on-one they would be happy to serve you in that way um we thank you for coming father in the name of jesus i speak over them as they leave i speak over your people that they walk out with the victory the joy the gladness and the peace of the holy spirit blessings and favor upon their week, protection upon their travel in jesus name amen y'all have a great week